episode 62 with Christy Swaggerty on the Nine Point Start the Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we're on episode 63. You know, and the thing about it, just like when this thing first started in like January 2018, I didn't know who I was going to interview, you know, I had like people that I thought that I want to get to and, and, but just seeing people that were able to connect with and just able to interview athletes around the world and people that support them, it's, it's cool to see progress, right? You know, as athletes, we love to see that we're getting better, we're improving, you know, whether we like to see our, our jump shot getting better or we're getting faster, we're getting stronger, we like to see that progression just to know that we're moving the needle. And for me, it's kind of, it's, it's seeing that and it's, it's like, it's a good feeling. You know, you really, you really think that like, all right, I'm doing something here. So I hope, hope you enjoy the episode as much, as much as I am enjoying recording them and interviewing these different athletes and, and learning their story and hoping you're getting value from them as well. But this episode, we have Christy Swaggerty, aka Swags, and her journey is unique from all angles and what she's doing and just sharing her faith and just sharing her light and just in her her knowledge is impactful for athletes in volleyball or like in that that, that want to play overseas. So hope you enjoy her her, her story, her knowledge, and hope you get some value from it. And let's get to it. So, Christy, the question that everyone that comes on is: When you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your biggest dreams and goals you want to achieve? Well, I was a volleyball player, but also a basketball player. So I wanted to be the first woman in the NBA, but that passed. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, But I definitely was very focused on, you know, playing club volleyball and really getting any kind of college scholarship to play. I mean, it was like my life was supposed to end at 22. I I, I don't know how else to describe it, but, you know, growing up in junior high and high school, it was like, I have to get a college scholarship. I want to go to college. I want to play volleyball in college. And then after that, I didn't really think about it anymore just because in America for sports it's like you play college and that's as high as you go and that's it oh I can relate like I was that was was my goal I wanted to go D1 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 was the goal and I was like after that I don't know but so so for you the goal was to get get to college and and was it because you all the sports you want to go to college like while I want your drive behind that I think that, well, my parents are educators, okay? So we, I grew up in Christian schools. They worked in Christian schools. That was like their ministry. It was also their way of making sure that they could afford Christian education for me and my sister. And so we really didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I was kind of like, okay, I love volleyball, but I definitely need to use this as a way to afford college ultimately because I didn't want to go to a junior college. I didn't want to go to like a public school. I wanted to go to a Christian university. So I wasn't quite focused on D1 as much, but I really wanted to just have the opportunity to like be on a Christian team and a Christian university and have a really great college experience. And, you know, it was very interrupted because I tore my ACL right before my senior year of high school. So all of my initial ideas kind of went out the window and then I had to kind of pivot and figure out new places to go that would be more fitting for me coming off of an injury directly into college. Wow. Your story is, is relatable. I can I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, just the whole ACL thing. So, and so, everybody, everybody's gone through it. Mm-hmm. It it wakes you up sometimes. Yep, absolutely. I mean, really, I was at a big recruiting tournament. Um, it's like the volleyball festival. It's a big West Coast thing in the summertime, right before my senior year of high school. And 
it was kind of like, okay, I hadn't gotten any offers yet. This was my chance for five days of getting seen and I wasn't playing the right position. And I was just getting really discouraged. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to, do I even want to keep playing volleyball after high school? Like it hasn't worked out as well as I thought. And, you know, maybe it's just not the right thing to do. Maybe because I had strong academics, like it wasn't going to be a problem as far as going somewhere and studying or anything like that. But yeah, I was, I was really debating, like, maybe I'll just do my senior year and be done. And then as soon as I tore my ACL and they told me like, you probably tore your ACL, it's going to be six to seven months recovery. And then they're crying. My dad's crying. We're like, I, I just told him, I was like, I'm not done playing. Like, I don't even think I had told him that I was thinking about being done yet. But at that point I was like, okay, now I know for sure this is something I want to continue to do at least through college at that point. So, so for you, you're saying the eight, the eight deal was almost like that, that catalyst that kind of gave you back, back your heart for the game. It was one of the absolute defining moments of my life. And I can relate. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is home because I, I, I tore mine. I, I tore mine my, my senior year of high school on yeah, home, yeah. on homecoming. So, oh my gosh, all the drama. All the, all the drama. <laughs> I was I was I was in a three piece suit the next day trying to dance. Oh man. <laughs> Let let them learn. Don't think you like what what, what torn ACL. Yeah, right. It's not, it's not good. I had to fly on a plane about five days after I tore oh. mine, and it was just so miserable. I kept telling my parents, "I do not want to go on this trip." It was like a trip to visit family in another state, and they're like, "No, we have to go. We bought the tickets." And I was just like, "Ugh, like I don't want to get on a plane." Oh, that, 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 that's rough. Yeah, it was so, bad. So for you, so why volleyball? Out of all the, I know you said basketball, whatever, but what, what, what about volleyball was like the one that took your heart? Well, my parents are the educators, but they're also coaches. They both played college basketball. So I came from a basketball family for sure and um, kind of grew up doing both through elementary school. And right around the age of 12, I think I was in sixth grade, my parents were like, okay, like we will pay for you to do a club sport, but not both. Like time-wise and money-wise, it just didn't make any sense. So I kind of had to sit there and weigh my options. And I was a very uh, precocious child. So I was like really thinking through everything, you know, like I wasn't just like, oh, I don't know. Um, a huge factor though was definitely that volleyball had a lot less running involved. And then I think that I kind of looked at volleyball players and I kind of looked at basketball players and kind of like who was successful personality wise and body type wise in the future and things like that and I kind of felt like my personality was going to fit better in a non-contact sport so that was kind of like I just didn't have the aggression involved to like hurt people like in <laughs> basketball like you really need to like be willing to hit people and be hit by them and I was just kind of like you know I, I don't really need that in my life and even playing basketball through high school just like for fun or, or on the sports teams or whatever at school um like I would play and I would be you know giving my best effort and stuff but there were girls that were like way more serious about it than I was and I, I just never connected that level of seriousness with basketball and then when I played volleyball it was like down to business do this job get it done like I just had a very much more like a bigger vision for it for myself, I guess. So yeah, volleyball kind of was the way to go. But basketball, I still love basketball. My husband's a basketball coach. Like I watch basketball all the time. So. All right. The one-on-one who's winning you or him? Oh, uh, we've actually had to do this before and <laughs> I think he beat me, but it's funny cause I'm taller than him. So it was kind of like, like I thought I should win, you know, it was funny, but um, yeah, I just, I, I, I like to shoot the ball from far away. So one-on-one's not my thing, like driving the basketball to the hoop. 
So you're like him a horse type uh, yes, player. Yes, I can win that game. There you go. There's, okay. That's my win. <laughs> gotcha, for sure. I respect yeah. that, for sure. So, <laughs> so as you kind of figured out, you know, that, that you weren't done, how does how that journey go to, to, to get to college? Right. Well, I totally had got – I was really focused on what at the time were the Golden State Athletic Conference schools in Southern California. That's, like, totally changed now. But um, – I really wanted to go to places like Biola, Point Loma. I can't remember where else, but yeah, kind of like the top level Christian schools in that conference. And after I tore my ACL, I, I kept in touch with those coaches, but I just, I could tell like it wasn't going to continue very much further. My dad was really pushing for me to go to the master's college. It's not the master's university. Um, and I was like so turned off by the idea. Like we'd done a campus visit and I'd been so, I'd had like the worst attitude the whole time. <laughs> I was like, everything's brown. I don't like it. It's in the middle of nowhere. You know, I just was like, no, this isn't it. But then after Tormail ACL, I was like, okay, I think I need to consider masters again. And in the end I considered masters. Uh, I was still considering Point Loma because they had a really good journalism program and uh, Whitworth up in Spokane actually. And then I was, I had also applied to like a, Simpson University, which was about an hour from where I lived, just kind of like as my backup plan. And then ultimately master's was kind of just like the best option uh, doctrinally for Christian schools. You know, they still taught like seven day creation and like Jesus is King and things like that. And, you know, a lot of Christian schools have gone away from that. And I really wanted to go somewhere where the theology was going to be um, on point. And yeah, so I, I chose master's, and it was a very interesting experience, but I can say for sure that I made the best friends of my life, and I had fun every single day, and I played all four years of volleyball. Very cool. So for you, like, what your faith, what I'm guessing, so, you know, probably a dumb question here, but so your faith was like a big part of your journey? Yes, absolutely. And and so for you, when, when things got tough or when you kind of felt like the journey wasn't going the way you thought it would, you kind of lean on that? Well, I mean, yes. The short answer is yes. <laughs> um, I think that, I mean, my, tearing my ACL was definitely not the first difficult thing that had happened to me. I would say it was the third. Um, just a brief overview. When I was 12, 13 years old, we had moved from like our main family home, like really far away from all our friends. So that was just a very upsetting, like, situation you know you're, you're 13 you don't think anything's going to change and all of a sudden everything changes mm -hmm. and then later in high school um we'd move we moved twice then it was getting kind of nuts and um then my actually my best friend died in a car accident so that was obviously extremely upsetting and life-altering in all the ways and she was one of my basketball teammates and her name was also christy so that was like really fun for us but um yeah, we had to go through that as a family. And so that by the time my ACL was torn, it was kind of like, okay, you know, I know that things happen for a reason. Like God has a plan for my life. I know that I've seen that already, even at like as a teenager. And I immediately, even knowing that I wanted to keep playing, I was realizing that God was using that in my life to keep me on the volleyball path in a lot of ways. And that next year of high school, I didn't play any sports. I ended up starting my coaching career like officially, if you want to call it that. And I spent a lot of time investing in the ministries at my school. I was student body president. I was a yearbook editor. I was like running all the Bible studies. So um, yeah, it was just a different like kind of resting year. And I think that God really used that year in my life to make sure that I was always going to be grateful for every opportunity I had to play volleyball ever again. 
And I can honestly say that, I mean, okay, I was 17 when I tore my ACL. I'm 33 now for 16 years. Every moment that I've been able to play volleyball, I'm like experiencing so much joy and so much happiness and gratefulness for all of those moments. And it comes from that injury. It comes from God using the different things in my life to really like make sure that it was going to be the right thing for me and that I would be able to be a light in this sport for others. That's, that's some fire right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I am definitely fired up. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think it's true though. Like I, 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 I'm a big believer that, you know, he, he gives us a taste of what we want before we're ready for it. You know, so yep. like he gives yep. us like a taste of the career, the taste of the, you know, the money, the the dream, whatever it may be, you, you taste it for you ready for it. And then that way, when, when you have it, when you have it a second time, you're more grateful and more appreciative because you're like, okay, I don't, I don't lose this again. For sure. For sure. So, so for you, when, when, when it was like, okay, I'm, I'm done and I'm done in college. What's next? Was, was it always, I'm, I'm a GoPro or was no. it just like, I'm it out? <laughs> oh man. It's like the, my, I feel like growing up and like all of high school and stuff, like my whole story, I felt like it was a very, like just unexpected, you know, these very distinct moments that changed my life. Um, but then yeah, I did my college career. I had met my future husband like the year before my senior year of college. We we dated with the intention of getting married. We planned, we got married, I think three or four months after I graduated. So everything was just kind of like, okay, we're getting married and we're going to start coaching and teaching. That was, you know, he was a basketball coach and history teacher. I was volleyball coach and a PE teacher. And I was just going to spend the next year getting my credential for uh, high school teaching in California. And yeah, we had, we had a great plan. Like everything was fine. <laughs> and, then, and then we did that for a year in San Diego County and he was working at high school. I was working like student teaching jobs and we were both so miserable, like unbelievably miserable. And we kept kind of looking at each other and we're like, is it because we got married? Like, what did we do wrong? You know? And it was like, we had no problems with each other, but we had zero energy we had zero just like extra for anyone else because our jobs and situations were so draining. Like we were both getting home so late at night, leaving so early in the morning. It was just like not a lifestyle, right? Which I actually think a lot of people do that lifestyle. And I, I did it for one year and was like, I quit. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so I did the student teaching thing. Like I cannot tell you a job I've hated more than physical education teaching. And it was so shocking to me because I watched my parents do it my entire life and they were totally fine. But I think that again, God used this year in my life to be like, you're not going to do this. <laughs> you think you're going to do this and I'm going to show you all the reasons why you're not going to. Uh, there were still some really great things that came out of that year, uh, like people wise and even some like kids that became Christians, which was awesome. So I absolutely know that that year happened for a reason. Um, but then, yeah, after that year, we were both more open to like, what could we do instead? And we both actually took coaching jobs at a Simpson University, that other place, my backup plan school that I had applied for as a teenager. So we moved up to Northern California and we were coaching there. And that was just a really cool experience because we were like really young and coaching college. Um, I got the head coaching job when I was like 23. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not normal um and then my husband was assistant coaching and he was gonna be like on track to become the head coach for basketball but yeah we were up there coaching and like I really I liked it a lot more than I thought I would because even during college I was like I'm never coaching college it's way too intense to coach like you have to be so serious all the time 
So then a year later, of course, I'm, I have a coaching, a college coaching job. <laughs> it was like, oh God, you're so ironic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I did that for two seasons. And at the start of the second season, because I was so young, I was 24 at the time, we played against my alma mater, Masters, and the seniors on that team had been freshmen when I was a senior. So I do not recommend that experience to anyone. It was like so upsetting <laughs> and like, it didn't even matter like winning or losing. Um, I was just so the entire game I'm coaching and, I'm, you know, doing the best I can as this coaching person. And the entire time I'm watching the other side of the court and like, I should be on that side of the net. Like I couldn't, I couldn't delete that feeling from my mind. And it was so overwhelming. Like, I kid you not, after the game, I like lost, I like couldn't control my emotions. I had to like leave everyone and like go be by myself with God. Like, and I was lucky that we were on a college campus that I had worked at before uh, um, down in Southern California. So I like, knew where there were bathrooms where nobody else ever went. <laughs> so I like hid. I think I was there for two or three hours just crying. And I was like, why? I didn't even know why I was crying. Like, I was like, why am I, why is this so upsetting to me? Like, this is my job. This is what I've been doing. And, you know, it was, I was crying, ugly cry. The whole thing was just a mess. And finally, it was just like the conclusion at the end of that whole, whatever you'd want to call it, awful, upset experience was I missed playing volleyball and I missed being on a team. And I was at a point in my life where I didn't know how to fix that because the only options were to like join the recreation league or, you know, there's all these options that are like super just not what I was looking for. You know, like I really wanted to go back to college. That's ultimately what I wanted was to go back to college. Yeah. I know. It's like, I just want more eligibility. That's not, it's not complicated. Right. So, um, yeah, I spent the next, I think two months, or so talking to my husband about it, obviously. And then I had three really close friend mentors that I worked with on it too, just like asking questions and thinking like, okay, is this a reasonable idea or whatever? But ultimately I, we decided that I could try <laughs> to go on a European volleyball tryout tour, which was not cheap, but it was like the only option at, for me at the time, like to, that I could figure out. So we like invested a lot of our money into it. We, we did it without like asking for permission. Like my husband and I were just like, we're going to do this. Like, we're not going to ask our parents. Like, we're just going to be like, no, we're doing this. We're going to tell them like, we're doing this. That's it. <laughs> and so we were really like excited and terrified. And, um, yeah, I went on the tryout. It was like a mid season tryout in January. And I was one of like only three NAIA players there out of 40 girls. Like everyone had played D one. And it was like the most impressive volleyball people I'd ever been around (laughs) in my life. And it was a great experience. Um, but the thing was, it was still just God like pushing me along because he knew I needed all those steps to get to this spot. And I mean, I'm on this tour and I'm thinking like, okay, this could just be a really cool 10 day trip. But if they sign you while you're on the tour, you end up staying in Europe for the next three months. So it's very high risk. Like you don't know what's going to happen. You leave your home. You're like, okay, bye everybody. I might be back in two weeks. I might not see you till spring, you know? So it's very just awkward and strange experience. Um, but yeah, God was just making sure that everything was going to be in line because on the second day of the 10 day tour, the people in charge were like, we're sending you to Belgium. Like you, there's a team for you. You're going to Belgium, pack your stuff. Bye. 
and that was the beginning of the rest of my life, I guess you could say. That's a wild journey. Yes, yeah. it has been very wild and very unplanned. It <laughs> makes it fun though, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing about like, like, like go, you go from the girl who wanted to go in the NBA, you know? Yeah, yeah, to, of course. I wanted to like dunk. And I was um, like, wait, you're white. No, you're not going <laughs> to dunk. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. You got a chance. Yeah, maybe with a trampoline. <laughs> and then you go from, you know, the, the call is to now you're overseas. Now you're so, so I, I think what's cool too is like a lot of times you get, like I know for myself, I was caught up in like, in, in like the D1 status, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you're saying how you went AIA and know and now you're a pro athlete. Now right. I think that's that's like so cool just to kind of show that it's possible no matter what school you go to. Absolutely, and I really tell all the girls that I end up talking to them like, if this is really meant to happen for you, like it will happen, no matter what level you've come from, no matter who you are, no matter what your goals are, even because, and you know, I'm dealing with a lot of players that don't have faith or you know have a different faith or whatever too, and I'm but most people believe that things happen for a reason no matter what they believe you know about the universe or whatever and so that can really relate to people and I'm like you know if it's it will happen for you if it's meant to happen and you know if it doesn't work out like at least you know you tried definitely definitely it doesn't have to try yeah but the regret of not trying is what 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 hit us home yeah and that's what I was dealing with when I was in my early 20s was like if I just go on this tryout and like totally get rejected by everyone like at least I'll have had this cool volleyball trip and I'll know that I did what I thought was that I would be able to do. Like, and then if they say no, I have to be okay with that and I have to move on. And I don't know why that all happened, but you know, maybe it's just going to make me more thankful for my coaching job or whatever, you know, but I will say for sure that my life is really blessed, especially by my husband, because so many players who are married or even just in engagements or serious relationships find that they cannot sustain coming abroad because their partner is just like, well, I have nothing to do, or I, you know, I want to start my other job or I miss like the way things are back home or whatever. And my husband has always been a person that was like, oh no, let's move abroad. Like, that'll be fun. I can coach basketball anywhere. Like he was so open to it. is so supportive of, you know, his mid-level volleyball player wife's dreams <laughs> you know it's not even like I'm like some impressive national team player and he just made sure that I felt really supported and yeah and at this point now like his job he's coaching basketball full-time here in Germany and that's we're the reason that we live in or he's the reason we live in Germany actually so I've been able to just find volleyball jobs around him so it's been really cool to see how God's used both of our careers to keep us closer and to also like give us this huge opportunity to live these great lives abroad. Same team, same dream. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love that. Love that. So, so you're overseas and you're, 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 you're playing volleyball. So, 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 so how, so how has that evolved to being more than just a player? I mean, I was always training to be a coach. We ended up getting our master's degrees um, online with the coaching program. And that was really cool. So we were able to kind of use that as we continued our careers. Um, but I basically, when I've pitched myself, I stopped having an agent and just started pitching myself once I like learned enough of the different languages and stuff. And I've just always been like, you know what? I want to play in your, your top team. And then I want to help your youth programs develop. And if I can also help like a women's team or if there's enough time or whatever, that would be great too. 
So that really worked for me just because of the level of play that I am able to bring and not able to bring kind of thing. Like it's not going to be super impressive, but I'm a lot like a glue player. I'm a good leader and I will do whatever it takes to help everyone in the best way I can. I'm not going to put people down or try to make people look bad or anything like that. So I've really like been happy with what I've been able to bring to most of the teams that I've been on. I think I've been on nine different teams now. And yeah, the coaching has been really interesting because I've had boys, girls, little kids, adults. I've had people older than me, like all sorts of everythings. And I've had really good experiences and also some really bad experiences, but it's been nice because I know that I'm a volleyball coach. Like there's no doubt in my mind that that's what I meant to do. I just am still kind of even deciding like what levels I want to finish my career at. Cause at this point now, like I'm kind of, I'm playing more for fun and coaching more seriously. So it's going to be interesting to see where the next few years take me. This is the cool, like this is the cool journey. Right? Like I, I can see it as, as, as like a movie one day, you know? <laughs> oh, hopefully it's not like a bad movie. If it becomes a movie. <laughs> the life of swag. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. So, so, so I know you kind of started this, agency yeah, this blog and it's not and i remember we, when we first, first first talked whatever it was just about how you know volleyball is, isn't in the in the u.s you know it, it, it's not really it, it's more challenging for athletes to get, to get overseas and whatnot so, yeah. so so why is it more challenging for athletes to get overseas and volleyball when they have all these players in the u.s it's such a tragedy. It's like the american volleyball tragedy that could be an actual movie um <laughs> <coughs> It's hard because you're dealing with more than just their volleyball skills. And because volleyball skill wise, many of the, all the players in college could find teams to play over here. Like, because there's up to nine divisions in every region. Like it's super easy to find a team. Like next season, I'm going to be playing division six and it's not even the bottom level, you know, and it's just for fun for me. And, you know, there's girls that could, that didn't even play like, seriously in college you know they just played intramurals or something that could come over here and play volleyball but the trick is when the four or what would you call it the european clubs the local clubs when they want to hire someone or pay someone to play on their team they're looking for someone who's better than all the girls on their team so you have to have this weird balance of okay i'm good enough to play at this level but I'm not the best player at that level. So I have to play maybe one or two levels below my personal level because that's where I can get hired. Then comes in the whole dynamic of like a player who's gotten a full ride all four years at a top 20 division one school. They don't want to play at a crappy level, but maybe they were like the fourth best player on their normal team in college. And now when they go overseas, they're expected to either be the best or whatever at a lower level and then they can't handle maybe the pressure of it too, because, you know, there's a lot of um, just different viewpoints on it. Like in Europe, they look at a 22 year old coming out of college in the U S and they're like, Oh, you're so young and so inexperienced. You have no idea how to win. Like you're, you're so limited. Like you've so much to learn. Right. And all of us, 21, 22 year olds coming out of college are like, we're juniors and seniors in college. We've conquered the university. We've done all this stuff. We've won playoff games. We know how to do everything in our sport. Like we can do whatever we want. And so you're dealing with that whole dynamic and it like completely doesn't match. So it's almost like the ego of the American volleyball player is really affecting 
the learning curve which the Europeans are expecting from us as young players. On the flip side, we're told in America that when you're 20, 21, 22, that your body is expiring and that you are like done playing, you're so old, you know, like you have all these problems physically, you should probably just rest now and go become an adult. But then in Europe, they're like, oh my gosh, you're, you're 25? Like you can do double days all season long for nine months. <laughs> like they don't start to call you old until at least 30. And even still they're like, oh, you're experienced now. Like there's that threshold of experience for them. So it's really interesting how like both sides have like a negative aspect and then both sides have a super positive aspect where like once I kind of got over the hump of being the young player abroad, they really respect the fact that I've been here a long time and that I'm not getting injured as a player in my thirties and that I'm taking care of my body. So it's kind of like, if you can get over the hump and stay over here for four to five years, at least, then you can see a big difference in the respect level that you're going to receive. I think like, I think like just listen to what you said, like a lot I learned from that was just the ego, right? And like the ego can really be, be it like a it can be a power it can be a positive or a negative thing depending on how how to look at it so 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 do you think it's because there's no like there's no pro tier in the u.s that a lot of our athletes just think that we kind of accomplished mount rushmore already in volleyball yeah for sure i mean ncaa volleyball is the best volleyball in the united states and in a lot of ways it's some of the best volleyball in the world when you talk about like the top 10 uh, 15 teams and uh, yeah, it's just really tough because if a player could just go from playing on their college team to going back home and playing on the local pro team, like we would have way more than 300 American women playing volleyball after college. But as it stands, there's like 300 of us and I'm in that number, which is hilarious. <laughs> you know, like I don't deserve to be in the top 300 volleyball players after university, but I'm there because I pushed and I don't want to give it up. Like I'm going to make sure I find where I fit and go for it. So for any like, athlete right now, I want, I want to go play, you know, volleyball, volleyball overseas. What, what would be like your, your tips or your advice on how to just go about that journey? Yeah. It's, it depends on the level that they're coming from. And it depends on what the lifestyle that they want to have, because you can have the super intense, almost even psychotic volleyball lifestyle where you're just doing six to seven hours of volleyball every single day for nine to 10 months. Um, then you're not really experiencing the culture or anything. But if you just love volleyball, that's absolutely possible and you can come do that. Uh, hopefully you're good enough to do it too. Like you got to make sure that you're strong and a really high level. If you're not one of those players like me <laughs> and you don't have like a super high credentials or you don't have a lot of really awesome film or you're just short or whatever, I think that the best way to do it is to network. And that can take time and effort and a lot of energy, obviously. But networking is what the first step would be. And after that, it's like, however badly you want to make sure it happens or however sure that this is your calling kind of thing, even to the point where you pay for your own plane ticket to come over here and you find your own place to live and then you find a local place to play. Like those are absolutely methods in order to get here. And obviously that doesn't work for everyone. So people just don't have that kind of financing to help them, but you can find a job teaching English almost anywhere in the world and then figure out volleyball after that or any of your sports, honestly, there's sports of all kinds uh, for men and women all over the world. But I think, yeah, teaching English is probably the easiest way to come abroad if you can't get a normal contract for your sport right away. I think that coming over as just like trying to see in your 
whatever your major was in college, like finding a job that way, like to get the visas. Cause the big thing is getting the visas and trying to like make sure that you're legally allowed to work and live in the country that you want to go to. So I think for a lot of players like that are mid-level like me, it's more important to have a good quality of life and to be in a nice country. Like I've been in Belgium, France, and Germany. These are all really easy places to live for an American. I never had to go to Scandinavia and be snowed in for six months or, you know, go out into the Balkans of Eastern Europe and, you know, nobody speaks English or something or you can't understand the currency. So I've had really like easy transitions culturally. And I think that's been a huge help. And another reason that Mark and I have been able to survive over here. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of how bad do you want it? And like, what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Because absolutely anyone can make it happen. Just you have to be willing to accept what level people will accept you at. You're still humble. It's funny. Your last name is Swagger Team and you're still humble. <laughs> Thanks. That's for my dad. So, you know, it's cool. <laughs> That's what's up. That's, and, and so, so for anyone out there that I want to learn more about, you know, being, becoming a pro overseas, and, and I used to talk about, yeah, yeah, like something that come out, an ebook coming out, right? Right. So the pro player timeline is something that I've been working on for a few months, uh, maybe a year. <laughs> okay, a year. And uh, yeah, once I started working with Elite Volley Agency with uh, Ryan J. Owens, he's, the, he's my boss and founder. I started learning a lot more about like higher level stuff for pro players, especially in volleyball, but it also applies a lot to basketball and soccer. And um, there's even American football teams in Germany, for example. Um, and just sort of like players didn't know what to do when. And that was really difficult to, you know, notice that there's just not enough education out there for people who are even wondering if they want to go pro. They're not even sure yet. You know, there's not there's not enough information for them to really find out if it's something they want to do. So I know my boss, Brian, he made a pro volley 101 series, which is like some uh, like video podcasts that are really helpful for volleyball. There's another book by Susan Salzbrenner that's called play abroad 101. That's also really helpful. She's a German lady that works with cultural transitions. And after working with both of them quite a bit, I was like, okay, we need to come up with something that is going to lay out like step-by-step step what you do every month, if you're signed, if you're not signed, what you do, if you're signed and you're just, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Like in your new country, like how do you learn to fit in? How do you manage it? Because there's players all the time that quit after three months. They're just like, I miss home. I have no friends, you know, and how do we fix that? So players are able to come over here to thrive and to be able to support themselves financially and all those kinds of things. So I think it's really important that if you're interested in playing pro or just even learning more about it, I think there's even parents who have these questions, like going into those resources. There's tons of stuff on elitevolley.com. There's a ton of stuff on whatupswags.com, my blog. And yeah, my pro player timeline will come out on July 1st officially and just have as much as I could put in there about, you know, every month what to do how to deal with relationships, how to deal with finances, um, all the things that I could think of that I've learned over the past nine years, especially the last two years. That's so awesome. Just because like, just from like my, just kind of looking around right now, there, there's, not, there's not enough resources yet. Right. When it comes to just volleyball in general. Right. And like, um, I think I, 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 I just interviewed um, Ijoma. So yeah, cool so she's doing a great job. I love what she's doing with hashtag volleyball goals. It's really helpful for a lot of players. 
I think I think it's just cool that 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 athletes like you that are that are like in the game are trying to help give back to the game, so and kind mm-hmm. of advance it. So that's so much what you're doing. Yeah, and for sure, and I don't know if you heard that mentioned earlier, but I had wanted to go to college as a journalism major. So for me, the writing part is like the easiest way for me to give back, and that's why I've done the blog, and that's why like I've done another ebook about Paris and whatever. You know, it's like I really want to use that. Um, talent that I feel that God has given me in more droves and volleyball even. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'm writing works. Um, but I think that it's really interesting how even just moving abroad, it opened up time for me again to write. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts that I've received coming abroad was um, having the time and energy and inspiration to write finally. Because in college, you're writing reports. And then I just had no time with the other jobs that I've been doing. And now it's like, no, like this is a part of my life again. And it's a really great way for me to express myself and to help other people. So what's next for you? Well, I have my team this past season. I was playing third league Germany, loving it. The third league is like perfect for me. Second league I can do, but like third league is like, I'm really good at third league. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was actually an assistant coach and then the captain of my team this season. I coached half the practices and we ended up winning the division. So that was very exciting and a very kind of like golden moment for me um, as a player and as a coach. So that was really cool to experience um, at the age of 33, especially. And yeah, after that happened, it was kind of like, okay, my team's going to move up to second division. I don't think that's the right thing for me to do right now. And um, yeah, kind of looked at all my options and decided to stay with my same club, but play with their kind of like B team, I guess is the best way to put it. And that's in division six. So I'm going to be the head coach and the player uh, in that division six team. I'm going to change my position. I'm not going to set anymore. I'm going to be an attacker. And uh, that'll be like a throwback to my high school days, (laughs) but I'm really excited. I've already started practice with them. We've had like three weeks of practice and, um, I really like the girls. It's a really cool project, just like kind of helping them transition to being more adult players. They're ages like 18 to 22 mostly. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm still going to be coaching my, I've got like um, 11 to 13 year olds that I coach in my club and they're really cool kids. I really, I really love the people here that I get to work with. It's been a really huge blessing um, out of all the clubs that I've played at, like both the coaching and the playing aspects have been amazing people. And it has not always been that way. So I know that I'm really appreciative of that. And yeah, I, I'm still working with the agency to place players. It's been nuts right now with offers and negotiations and contracts and stuff. But it's also really fun. I really enjoy the challenge of it and just getting to learn about so much more of the industry and like how I can help normalize it and make it more available for more players. And then, yeah, just working on different ebook projects and blogging and traveling i love traveling too but that's like a hardcore hobby <laughs> hey you overseas you might as well enjoy it and travel all across the place absolutely i definitely did not want to be a person who spent all of my younger able years sitting in an office and working 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 and then retiring and then traveling when i was like 70 like i don't want to travel when i'm 70 <laughs> so i'm really happy that i've gotten to have like almost all the experiences I've already like just wanted in my life um, as someone in my twenties and thirties. And, you know, they keep evolving the different experiences that I want to have as I get older, but it's really cool how I've gotten to experience a lot of different places and meet a lot of different cool people um, in a, in a, at a time frame in my life that was earlier than a lot of people have been able to. 
I love it. Like just the cool, like, I'll say this again, but it's just like a cool, your journey just really, it's unique. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's like the people that I meet up, they're like, wait, you're, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so we like do sports and they're like, okay. And then they're like, wait, your husband, you're married? Like they're, everyone's so confused about the whole process, but I can't, I wouldn't have imagined it any other way. And uh, 100%, like God was just guiding the whole way. Oh, you know what? There's other, there's one other thing that I do all the time. And that is Athletes in Action Bible Studies for Pro Players. And that is a super cool project that we just started in the past year and a half or so. So I love doing that. That's like my, I, I used to teach English and now I'm just focusing on the Bible studies because that is like a huge ministry. And I love getting to do that time with the other players. And is it like what online or how, how does it work? Yeah, we do it through Google Hangouts or Google Meet. And there's about five or six pro players in each group. And I think we had three groups this past semester. And yeah, it's so cool because there's not a lot of Christian community when you come overseas at all. Like there's their version, like the local version of Christian community, which is maybe the Catholic church or, you know, Orthodox or whatever. And it's not quite what a, what would you call it? A non-denominational Christian from America is used to. So um, yeah, we have like once a week, we meet for an hour on video. Yeah. And we just go through a different like book of the Bible or like a book that we're reading together and just sort of like all of a sudden establish community, consistent community. So girls can really express what they're going through in a safe space. And like, I love it because I can help them as a player and a coach as an, and as an agent. <laughs> so they always have lots of questions for me about all three of those relationships. And it's really fun. And it's just such a cool opportunity to work with athletes in action. I never got to work with AIA when I was back in the States, but yeah, this has been a really great opportunity and to just be a part of their ministry. And yeah, it's like, it's like my favorite volunteer work ever. <laughs> I think what's cool just kind of hearing like your story, just like, like your heart for even back, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's like really like a, like you can just tell that you're like, you just want to help and you just want to help any way you can. And you just trying to find different avenues too. So that's, Awesome. Well, I, I never had anybody really help me, you know, like there weren't, mm -hmm. I had some people that I could talk to and ask maybe three questions to, but they couldn't answer all 20 questions. And it was always like pieces of things from people. And I know like one of the things that God's really put on me in my life is like, you need to be bold. You need to like, just go do things and figure it out on your own and be brave. And as terrifying as it has been sometimes, like he's really blessed me with a lot of courage and just take a step, you know, like what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, God will always be there for me, <laughs> you know, and everything that uh, my entire life has been a gift. I mean, that's what I felt like ever since my friend passed away. It was like, you know, we were the same age. We had the same name. It could have been either of us. And he took her and I got to stay. So I, I really believe that it's my responsibility to live an unbelievable life <laughs> and to do the things that, you know, I'd never imagined I could do. And to do them for Christy as well. So I think that's um, a huge driving force in my journey. They're spitting fire all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I want to talk for you. So, so, so where are you at? Social media-wise, websites, you can kind of plug right now? Yeah, everything should be under What Up Swags. That's usually the easiest thing to do. So whatupswags.com. Um, Swags Volley is my Facebook page. And... Yeah, Instagram is where I spend the most time. I do have a Twitter account at What Up Swags also, but I don't I don't spend as much time there anymore. So yeah, Instagram is where it's at for sure. On the gram. On the gram. 
Yep. So, so, so I love it. It's, it can be super addicting, but I try to like manage it better now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Well, Chris, it's been great talking with you and lo- yeah. learning about your journey and we'll be in touch soon. Yes. Sounds great. Thank you. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.